Welcome to the Dental Business Podcast with your host and owner of multiple businesses, a mentor, investor, and dental surgeon, Brad Thornton. Hi guys, and welcome to the Dental Business Podcast. It's Brad Thornton here. So to follow the trend of interviews with people discussing marketing and various sort of areas of marketing, we've got Max Roberts of Bounce Crunch, and here we are talking about everything Google. So I'd like to introduce Max. It's a really good content. Again, you know, discussing things. You know, Google can be quite complicated, uh, but take a listen. You're definitely going to enjoy this one. Here we are, Max Roberts, the Dental Business Podcast. Hi, Max. Thank you for joining us. Um, now, I just thought we'd start just by, I mean, you giving us a bit of an introduction about sort of who you are, what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're here as the, the Google guru, but do you want to give people that are listening a little bit more of an intro and a bit more sort of background about you, where you're from, uh, and, uh, and what you're doing at the moment? Hi, Brad. Yeah, uh, firstly, thanks for having me on, obviously. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of you to call me the Google guru. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like at the moment, I'm kind of... I work for, oh, I have an agency called Bounce Crunch and we, we purely focus on just Google ads and purely for dentists. Um, that's kind of what we do. Like me, myself, um, like I kind of, I have a background in dentistry um, to an extent. Um, so originally, I mean, I got into digital marketing when I was, when I was a lot younger, about 10 years ago. I actually had a YouTube channel and this is where I first got into, into digital marketing. I was looking up how I could uh, get my videos to rank better in, in the search engine. And YouTube's like one of the top three biggest search engines, even though some people just think it's for videos. It, like that's, it, it's one of the top three. It might be second, actually. Um, so yeah, that's, I started researching how I can get my videos to rank. And, that's, and then I ended up in this world of digital marketing. Um, yeah, like I went to university in, in Sheffield, got a degree, and then had a few marketing jobs. Um, and then I ended up taking a job as a marketing manager at a dental practice. Um, and they basically said to me, they're like, Max, we just want to get more patients. It's quite a new practice. So they were getting about 30 leads a month at that time. And they were like, look, whatever you need, we'll support you, we'll give you um, you can go on courses, you can learn stuff. Um, yeah, I had full autonomy to get new, new patients. Um, I spent five years there in-house as a marketing manager. Um, yeah, like at the end, like we did really well. Um, we were getting like six, 700 leads a month at that point. Um, and then I was like, I was like, yeah, this has been great, but I just kind of want to start, I want to do some for myself and see if I can apply this to other practices. Um, so yes, then I, that's where Bounce Crunch started. And, and um, yeah, like that's where I am now. We, we work with practices across the country and just focus on Google ads. Yeah. Well, Cause when you say sort of Google ads and marketing yeah. on Google, <clears throat> someone like me who, who knows a bit, but doesn't know much, I, I immediately think of Google search, you know, pay-per-click. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm aware that there's a bit more going on than that, but is that fundamentally what it is? 
or, you know, could you give us a bit more of an overview of what Google marketing is? Yeah, so, so Google marketing is, is basically split up into two different areas. You have Google ads and you'll have SEO. So if you, if you go to Google now and you, you search like Invisalign or say you're in Manchester, Invisalign Manchester or whatever, generally terms like that, the top four results are going to be Google ads results. Anything below that is going to be regular SEO. So SEO are things where your website is coming up. Google thinks it's a relevant page. Google ads, you don't even need a website. You can just have landing pages. Um, and with Google ads, you basically pay per click. So you set an ad up for a specific search term. So say the search term is Invisalign in leads. You'll, you'll bid, you'll say how much you want to bid for that word, maybe bid like two quid, two pound fifty. Um, obviously, it depends on a lot of factors. If someone then clicks your ad, you then pay, like that's why it's called pay per click. And they'll go to your landing page, they'll they'll like hopefully fill in their details and you get that lead to try and get into the practice as a new patient. Yeah. Um, yeah. And does, um, if, if you have sort of Google ads and the pay-per-click stuff, does that influence your SEO at all or are they completely independent? So if, you, if you've got an ad that's pointing to your mm -hmm. website, will that give a certain amount of authority to Google or does Google know that, it's an ad pointing to your own website if it was that way around. Or, so can, can an ad influence SEO or, or would you say that the two separate things? Like, yeah, I, I get asked this quite often, actually. It's a really interesting question. Um, it's like the, there, is, there is some influence, but it's, it's minimal. Like I wouldn't, it's not even, it's not worth thinking about when you're thinking about doing SEO or Google ads. Yeah. So the, there will be, There'll be things where like if I'm running Google ads, I'm going to build brand awareness because people see your brand on the, the landing page and then they'll go back to Google and they're going to search your brand. They're going to go on your website, spend time on that. That's all going to influence SEO. Um, and also, yeah, if you're pointing your traffic from Google ads straight to your website, then you get more traffic there. There's people spending time on the website, but Google can see the, the source of the traffic. Um, so like there is there will, there's a slight effect, but it's like it's not very significant. So it's not even worth you know thinking as a main factor in anything. Because I remember there was one time, wasn't there, where when, when people were talking about SEO and, and building authority on your website, they were talking about mm -hmm. backlinks and getting, you know, if we can get you know some highly authoritative websites pointing to your website, then. Google thinks that, right, yeah, this website's an actual irrelevant website, so we're going to rank it higher. Um, now, is it my understanding, right, that that's becoming a bit less significant nowadays, or is it still as the, the same as it used to be? Yeah, so this backlinks, are, they're, like, they're not related to Google Ads at all. They're, that's completely SEO. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, obviously, I mean, I've spent, in my five years working at that practice, we, we basically worked on SEO a lot, so um, I could give some input here. Um, yeah, so backlinks, obviously they are very valuable and they still are now. They were more valuable back a few years ago. Um, if you can get a link from, from a site like, uh, like the BDA or, or dentistry.co.uk, anything big like that, 
you get a lot of clout from Google because it's like someone is vouching for you and yeah. it's hard to get someone with that caliber to vouch for you. Um, so they still have a lot of credibility, but Google nowadays are looking at things like um, like social, social media, um, I guess, if you post a post on social media and it links to your website and it gets a hundred likes and loads of shares and loads of clicks through to the website, Google basically see that as equivalent as of a backlink, as a good quality backlink, because it's harder to fake those. They found out that you can go pay like some good website for a backlink and they know yeah. people do that. So it's, you know, but they're still very important still. Yeah, I suppose what Google are trying to do is they're actually trying to provide content and, and information that's highly relevant mm-hmm. so, that, so that people go to Google and find stuff that's useful. And if, and if people are paying for all this stuff from, you know, they want it to, it to, to remain good quality and actually relevant to what people are searching for. So I guess yeah. the, the, the knowledge of social media and if people are sharing it and liking it and linking it and all of this, then you know, Google's learned that that's actually quite valuable. Uh, so it's just the evolution of Google, I guess, you know, in the, in the, in the yeah. world of social media. Um, the thing is, like, and- Google, all Google want, Google want people to be happy using the website, right? This yeah. is why they beat, like, Ask Jeeves and stuff. That's why they got this massive market share in the search engine space. Their entire aim is for people to find things that are useful to what they've searched for. So this, is, this correlates to Google Ads and to SEO. If your Google Ads are relevant to what someone searched and they go to a page that's relevant to what they searched, you're going to get rewarded with lower costs per your click. The same thing with SEO. If you, they're only going to rank you highly if someone finds your page useful. Like their main aim, apart from obviously with Google Ads, they want to make money. That's like their biggest revenue source. They, with SEO, they they want people to find the pages they land on helpful. And so they reward you if you're helpful. And nowadays you can't fool them anymore with like black hat um, techniques. It's it's too far down the line. So you, you have to genuinely get like social proof and people actually genuinely clicking and spending time with the site. Yeah. So it's uh, it's more about good content, isn't it? You know, less, less about any yeah, tricks, yeah. more about, you know, the, the content's the main thing. So there'll, there'll be things like they can judge good content by how long they spend on your website. If someone clicks onto your website and spends five minutes on there, that's a long time. That's going to signal to Google that that was a good, that's good content. Yeah. So this is a little trick that just came to my mind now. If you have like a video on your website um, and it's a good, it's, a not, it's like actually a good video and someone clicks and watches, they're going to spend longer on that page and that signals, signals to Google that it's good quality and you know, that's going to help your page. And when you're working with practices then, so, you know, you've, you're now dealing with, I mean, you're, you're working with me at mine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got like half a dozen people that have come through this weekend so far wanting thingies and I'm, you know, but it's nice. It's, it's good to start seeing all that traction, uh, you know, coming through. But I mean, one thing that you did when you started working with me, the first thing I did was max my Google sort of analytics site or my Google uh, ad account or whatever it was, 
it, it's not set up right and I can't access it because he was on like, what was it? It was, uh, it, it was not an expert mode. It was on do it yourself crap mode. <laughs> like, so, so you were like, right, well, I'll, I'll figure this out. Send me the logins and I can do this bit for you. Like, is that something that's quite common? Cause I know that, I mean, Google just seems quite complicated to me. Um, I know there are people that try things themselves, but what, what's your, what's the thing that you notice the most or a set of things that you notice where you go to an ad account or you start working with somebody and you think, right, we need to set this up. We need to fix this mm-hmm. or undo something or, you know, what are the things that people, uh, the mistakes that people make when they do it themselves? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. Like the, the very first thing that comes to mind is actually getting access to the account in the first place. So, and this is mentioned quite a lot in like in Facebook groups. And if you, if you're in any like dental marketing circles, so basically when, when you want to get access to a, okay, well, actually I'll put it this way. When, when a dentist works with an, with an agency, there's two ways that can be set up. Either the dentist owns the account and they add the marketer as a manager or the marketer owns the account and they, they can add the dentist as a manager, but usually the dentist just sends the, the ad spend to them directly. Now, I'd say about a third of the accounts they take over have the option where the marketer owns the account. And that, that proves a problem because, I mean, it's not like a huge problem. It can be overcome. But basically, if you're a dentist and you, you have your Google Ads account, you want to have control of it and you want to own it because if you part ways with the marketer and they own, they own the account, you lose all of the data that's in there. Yeah. So basically, Google, when you have data in your Google account, in your Google Ads account, Google will see what kind of keywords um, and what kind of ads convert well. And basically, that algorithm is very, very good to the point where if, you, if you're starting from scratch and there's no data in there, it doesn't know what to optimize for. If you've got like a year or two of data, it's going to have an indication where like, oh, this person in the past maybe searched these five websites in Google. Um, maybe they're like a female age 20 to 40 and they're in this Invisalign campaign. We're going to, we're going to spend a little more money for a click on this, for this person. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you don't have access to that to pass on to the next marketer, so then they lose all of that value and have to start from scratch. That, does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's a really well. It's it appears to be more common. I mean, you said a third there, and you know, I do think that. I mean, if you're in you know Grant's Facebook page, or if you're in certain groups, I think there's a lot of like-minded people. Um, mm. But if you look at the number, you know, however many thousands of people are in these groups, and how many tens of thousands of dentists are out there and how many dental practices there are. There's a huge number of people that I just think aren't aware of this and, you know, having access to that data, it's so valuable because like you said, I know, you know, I know Facebook learns and social media sites, they learn and they develop and, and yeah, Google being the same, it sort of realizes who's, you know, who's clicking on what and what the data is and, it, it just remembers, doesn't it? And as soon as, it, so if you were to take over an account and you couldn't have access to it, would you be looking at 
a few weeks, a few months of Google relearning what has already, you know, how long does it take yeah. before it starts to figure it out? It's basically, it's based on how many, how, like if you're optimizing for conversions, which is what obviously we want to do, it's basically, like if your budget is very high, you can get that data quickly and you can optimize again. If your budget's low, like say a grand a month, 500 a month, you're gonna to have to spend more months building up that data. It's not like, it's not an issue where it's gonna stop the marketer in their tracks or it's gonna, you know, but it's like a, it's like a two, 3% issue. And with Google Ads, the trick that I've like from working with it myself, is like getting all of those 1% and building them up and then you get like a lot better results. Um, but like, yeah, I can understand. Yeah. I can understand why marketers do it. There's, they'll do it because they're worried that a dentist or like anyone will sign up to them, and they'll put their campaigns together. And after two months, they quit and they're gone. But for me, I never do that because I think you start off from the footing where you don't trust them, and also you're assuming they're going to leave you. Yeah. So if I was if I'm talking to a dentist and they're going to hire an agency or a marketer, I would say one of the first things you should ask them is who owns the account. I like if they insist that the marketer owns the account, that'd be a red flag and probably don't go with them mm. just because you lose transparency. You know that all the data you're paying for, you're not getting. I would, like, if I could say anything to a dentist, I'd be like, insist that you own the account and the marketers added as a manager to that account. Yeah, I think it's more than a red flag, isn't it? It's like a close the door, lock it, and then <laughs> go go find someone else. It makes uh, it makes sense. Like I understand it and I know a lot of people do it. But if if it was me, if I was a dentist and I had a choice from them or someone else, I would definitely go with the person that gave me the data I'm paying for every month. Yeah. Um, you mentioned about landing pages. So, I mean, is that the kind of strategy that you think is the most effective, like setting up specific, because like you, you, you touched on that there as well, you know, you think you set things up for conversion because it, the whole point of what we want to do is bring patients into the practice and get them booked in. Um, so we want somebody to take an action to, you know, often a website might not be, or like a, you know, practice website, obviously we want some sort of element of conversion on there and calls to action, but you know, you think that it's best setting up specific landing pages that are just tailored to the objective, which is to get somebody to kind of take that step forward. Um, so do you heavily use landing pages? Yeah, this is like one of my favorite topics, actually. Like, I love designing. <laughs> yeah, your face lit up. Bit... As soon as I said landing pages, <laughs> then you, you just start. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of a nerd for landing pages. Like, I could, this is one thing where I can easily just sit on my laptop until like four in the morning just designing landing pages. <laughs> um, like, like, this, okay, like, if you're, if you have a campaign on Google Ads and it's for anything, treatment specific, you're always going to get better results sending them to a landing page. By landing page, I mean, rather than just a treatment page on the website, you want to have a page like an exclusive from the website 
that's designed just for conversion, just for that treatment. If I could give any tips for landing pages, make it very readable. People are in a very scannable mindset. At the very top of the page, you want to make it very clear what the page is about because if, if they land somewhere and it's not clear, they're going to X off. If they scroll down further down, then you can put more content because it's kind of intent that they want to learn more. But the main thing, yeah, one solid call to action, like book a free consultation. As you get further down the page, the information should be less and less important. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, include as much as you can. Um, something cropped up quite well on uh, one of the interviews that we did with, with Derek about Facebook. And he, he mm. added the idea that you actually introduce a little bit of friction to try to make sure people are serious. And one of the things that you do is you've got a bit of an automated question in there, haven't you? Sort of like, uh, give us a bit more information, how many teeth, the serious implants, um, and, yeah. you know, what would you like implants to do, you know, replace missing teeth or improve confidence? You ask them a few mm -hmm. questions that they then answer, so it, it gives them a little bit more information to give. Um, do you find that adding that bit of friction, even though they might be the odd person that decides to bounce off at that point, actually means that people are, if you like, far more qualified after they've gone through that to book in? Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, if, you, if you get someone to answer a few more questions or, or jump over a few more obstacles, they're 100% more qualified. Um, 100%, I don't mean 100%, that's more like... Uh, <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but I mean, like, if you can get them to, to do something or to jump through some hoops before getting in touch, you're going to, one thing, like it saves time at your reception because you, you're going to lose the people that weren't that lower, like 5% that weren't interested. But actually sometimes that can increase your conversion rate on the landing page. There's a thing called the breadcrumb technique, which you can Google. I think I might have written a blog about that on my website. I can't remember, but if you Google breadcrumb technique, you can read about this and it's where you actually add extra fields in a form and that turns into more conversions because the, the two most difficult pieces of information to get from someone is their phone number and their email address. If you just have a form that you are like, give me your name, phone number, email address, it's a lot to ask just for, for nothing. If you get them to say, before you ask for that, if you get them to say, oh, what's the, what's the like, how's your smile look now out of 10? Oh, two. How would you want it to look? 10. Uh, what's the biggest uh, issue with your smile? Oh, the gaps, the whiteness, the length. And then you say, great. And now to, so we can like get in touch with you about your free consultation. Uh, let us know your email or your phone number. Once they've given you some information, it kind of like eases them into giving the information. And actually you can get more conversions from doing that. And at the same time, once they then get in touch with you, they're a little bit more invested into the, the communication. So for me, like, I've just found that's better all around. Yeah, I think um, I always used to like the idea of more and more people more leads, more this, make it as easy as mm -hmm. possible, as quick as possible, you know, two clicks, doof, done. But I actually mm -hmm. think that, you know, you get a lot of 
lot of wastage there. And just by adding those extra few questions in just means that because they've got one thing extra to do, one, it, 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 it makes them feel like it's a bit more serious. It gives them a little bit more. I suppose it also taps into a bit of their emotional sort of um, mm-hmm. needs, if you like. If they're starting to talk about why they, you know, how they feel about their smile, I suppose that that helps a bit of the sort of the, the initial buying from the patient. But as well, if they've gone through that hurdle or over that hurdle, then you can be a bit more confident that when they come in or they, you know, they're going to book in for that free consultation. And when they come in, they've kind of given you a little bit extra already. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think it's a really important step. Do you, do you test quite often? So you've got set your landing pages up. Are you like, yeah, this works, slam dunk, not a problem? Or do you tweak it, change the copy and change the wording and change the imagery every now and then? Um, do, do you check and tweak and, and test to, to try and improve conversions? Yeah, like I um, I guess the, the mindset I have, I just, I just love this. I love seeing data. I love seeing the information. I like to see, you know, like if I, if I check, Change something on a landing page and some it converts better. I, you know, it's like I just feel like oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's I, amazing. <laughs> like literally, I, I'm such a nerd for that type of stuff. Like it just gives me yeah, dopamine here. Um, so the, I'll tell you the, the things I test. We start back at Google Ads um, with every single every single ad group in Google Ads. I'll have three different ads running for each group. So an ad group is basically a group of keywords. So group of like tightly related keywords and I have a different set of three ads running for each of those. And the aim is to build up the click through rate to get that as high as possible. So I'm having three ads running at each time for each of those groups. And that's why I recommend anyone does. Then every month or so, once there's enough data, you can look and be like, Oh, this is the best ad. Most people are clicking this. We'll get rid of the other two and we'll put some other ones in and keep testing. Once they click that to go to your landing page, I use, um, I use a company called Unbounce, where, which is where I build my landing pages on. Um, I pay like, like 150 quid a month or something um, for that. And I, with that, I'm able to A-B test landing pages. So for, for any campaign, for any landing pages that I have, um, when, when traffic goes to that page, I can split the traffic to ever, whatever percentage I want. So I can run three landing pages at once. Usually I'll just run two and split the traffic 50, 50. And I would usually just make a small change because you want to know, you want to be sure that the change you made has made a difference. If you change too many things then it's like, actually, I don't know what works that time. Um, however, there sometimes there is a, there's benefit to changing the page altogether. That's if you reach like a plateau and you're like, Oh, I can't get it higher than say 12%. You're like, okay, let me, let me try an absolute new page and just see what happens. Um, so yeah, they will test that things you can test in your landing page. You can test the headline. Usually the things that work best are things above the fold. So before people scroll down. Yeah. Um, so like the headline, the image behind, um, if you have some, some benefits at the top of the page and change those. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm testing all the time 
one because I really love it. <laughs> I just like it, but also it just helps your results so much if you're active yeah. testing things. Yeah, because I mean that's what I think a lot of marketers just generally, not just dentistry, talk about is that you should always have an element of testing. Um, just looking to refine and improve. And I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I think if you're doing it as a dentist and you're doing it on your own, forget about learning the intricacies of using Google ads, but actually having the time to analyze and test and be efficient with it. Um, you mentioned something there about, you know, having a piece of software called Unbounce. Um, we were on a Facebook thread chatting to an American um, who was asking about how to improve their numbers of new patients. And, and you, oh no, wherever we mentioned it, I can't remember what it was, but you raised an issue where, you know what, actually, when if I, I'm paying you to, to do my Google ad account, if I chose to do it to myself, the, the things that I would miss out on or I would actually have to pay for to be able to do it like you do are the pieces of software and the things that create mm the efficiency. So actually, you know, what, what do you think the benefits are? And this isn't to, I'm not, you know, I'm not in cahoots with you to try and sell you to, to the listeners or anything, but what are the benefits of using an agency of overdoing it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Like obviously the, like the software that agencies have, they're like, I mean, I, I spend, about 500 quid a month on softwares and I'm going to utilize those with all of my clients. Um, and like, I mean, that's similar to the fee I charge a month anyway. So if you're going to, if you wanted to leave and then set everything up yourself and you wanted to get all of the softwares that I use, you're going to like probably pay as much as the, as the marketer spends anyway. So, you may as well have someone in the industry managing it. But like, I think there are, there are definitely cases where you're better off doing it yourself and not even hiring a marketer. If your, budget, if your budget's low and you're willing to spend like several hours like learning the software, um, you can definitely manage it yourself and you can get some results. I think it's at the point where... It's this point where like dentists... And any business owner, in fact, there's a point where your time is, is an issue. You have value on your time. I mean, a lot of dentists are on like, what, like two, three hundred pounds an hour. Um, if you can pay, if you can hire a marketer to, to do this for you, who has, has 10 years experience, they know all of the nuances and the details and how to write the ads. The problem is if you run this yourself, Google actually have a thing set up for business owners who, who want to do exactly as you said and run, run this themselves and their smart campaigns. And basically that's, that's to hit that market of people who don't know enough to be on the expert mode and go into all the details, but they, they want to manage it themselves and you can run that, but you'll, you're going to max out at about six out of 10. Yeah. And that's because most of the stuff that you, most of the stuff that the details that that a marketer could adjust that they get moved out when you're on a, a smart campaign. One example that comes to mind, if you're in leads and 
you set your, your location targeting, say for 10 miles around Leeds, and you're on the smart campaign, and then I'm based in Cardiff and I'm searching, I'm searching for dental implants, that ad could actually show for me whilst you're running that smart campaign. And you don't even realize that. But that's basically because as a default, Google will set your location as anyone that's not in your location, but they're interested in your location. So if I was based in Cardiff and I've been looking at Leeds Football Club, because I'm, I'm into football, and then I search for dental implants, they can show that ad to me. Right. And there are things like that that if you're running these by yourself as on the smart campaign, you you don't get the chance to edit things like that. And there are like, that's just one example of many. And if you add up all those 1% and you run this by yourself, you're going to pay a lot more money per lead. Is that, um, is that like a negative keyword then? Is that, is that where you, if you were to analyze it and you were to see you're like, hang on a minute, why, why, why am I getting, because you, you'd be able to identify that, wouldn't you? Um, no, this example, this, that example I just gave, you couldn't negate that with a negative keyword. Right. There's literally a setting where, there's a setting where Google says, anyone, when you go to your location saying, Google has anyone interested or in your location. Ah, uh, right. That's default. Now, when you're in expert mode and you go into the details, you can switch that to anyone actually inside or regularly inside your location. And that will negate anyone that is not usually in leads, for example, coming up in that search result. And there are lots of examples like that because the way Google set up, they want you to be successful. They want you to make money, but they also want you to spend money. They want to make money. And so all of the settings, every single time you go through these campaigns, doing it for yourself, if you want to, they're going to set it up so that your budget's maximized at the end of the month. And they're yeah. going to put things in there that make sure that happens. And like, I get it. Like they want to make money. They're a company, they're a business and they want you to get good results too. But if you don't, if you're not like haven't spent time learning the industry, you're going to end up wasting like 1% there, 2% there and it all adds yeah. up. Yeah. That's a really, um, I think that's a hugely valuable bit of information you've just, uh, just given there. I mean, I was, when I was doing my own Google, I was on smart mode. And mm -hmm. I ran an, an implant ad campaign for a while and I'd really like poor sort of conversion, but the, I felt the landing page was good. I felt all of it was good, but I was just, you know, sort of leaking uh, money and ad spend. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Um, but I couldn't analyze it properly and I couldn't really figure out why. Um, and yeah, I mean, something like that where, you know, if you, if you're in expert mode, uh, and and you've got more options and you can kind of refine it a lot more that makes a huge difference um i mean i i wouldn't even begin to know how to navigate the expert mode myself anyway so um i'm glad you were there to to figure it out for me anyway can i can i touch on a couple of things we're talking about ads pay-per-click sure. um now what about say because you know with these are active sort of customers, people that are searching, people that are looking. But there are certain Google things like Google display, isn't there, where 
Is it where like it's a you know a more passive where you'll just have like an ad on a page that's yeah. related to Google, um, so you can use that for for retargeting. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, like, can you sort of you know because the, there are other ways to use Google, aren't there? I mean, do you, do you know much yeah. about using that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. The display network, this is the same thing. Like if you do a smart campaign or if some Google rep calls you up, they're gonna to try to convince you. And this is something I should tell you. If you're running your own campaigns as a dentist and a Google rep calls you up, which they will, they, I get about 10 calls every week from a Google rep. And sometimes you get information, but usually they just want you to spend more money. They'll always say to you, oh, when you add a display campaign into your ads, I would say never don't do this because you're going to get worse results. It basically a search campaign is where someone searches the keyword into Google and your ad pops up as a text, as a text result. They're the best ones to do for dentists. There's another type of campaign, which is display network. This is where you can say, I want my image ads displayed on websites related to dentistry or anything that you want. You can relate it to uh, bingo or, uh, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, like sort of like Chanel hand handbags. Yeah. Or, um, and obviously, obviously there are ways that could, that could be relevant. You might think, well, if someone's interested in like hairdressing, maybe I'll have it on hairdressing sites. And you will get some clicks and conversions from that. But from my experience, they're never as cheap as search ads. So that's, that's one way display ads work. The other way is with remarketing. And this is where actually it, is, it can be useful. Um, and I used to do this all the time for clients. So basically you say, if someone searches and they click your ad and they go on your landing page, you can then show them ads on other pages that they then go on after that you know like already they're interested because they've searched and they've been on your landing page. So these are the ads. If you ever search anything in Google and you think that people are following you around the internet, this is what it is. Yeah. It's Google yeah. display remarketing ads. Now, you don't get many conversions from this, but you, it's like worth doing, you get some. Um, but also with dentistry, it's often difficult because there's some legislation, there's some that came out in the last year and there's the other ones that come out in the last few years where in the healthcare industry, you're not allowed to actually remarket to people on Google. So they'll disable a lot of your remarketing lists. So on your list, you'll make a list that says anyone that visited uh, this landing page, but didn't visit, say, my thank you page, which is where they converted, because you don't want to show the ad to people that converted. Um, they will disable that. And I, for me, like I run, I have like 25 to 30 accounts at the moment, and there's it's probably 50% of those Google have disabled the remarketing lists on, so I can't do anything. And I guess it's kind of luck if they think that you're a dentist or not um but other either way it's it's not like a huge factor you don't want to get loads of conversions from it but it's it's a nice thing to have is, is that related to the same thing like facebook where they say right yeah um, this ad's been um you know 
taken down because it it doesn't comply with our uh, rules for discrimination or whatever whatever they say. Whenever you try and do a before and after on Facebook, they just yeah. they just take it down it's straight away. Of, so. It's kind of it's, it's different, but I guess there's a there's a policy violation if someone in healthcare um, and as, as like from a GDPR point of view, if you are showing remarketing ads to someone that's interested in a certain treatment, they can say that someone else can potentially find out that Jennifer from, from Liverpool was interested in implants because her friend was on her phone and this implant side came up. Does that make sense? Right. Um, with, with Facebook... With Facebook, you can't show like before and afters because you could be misrepresenting results that could potentially be achieved. That's their reason for doing it, which makes sense. Like you don't want. Yeah, you know. that's interesting with with uh, with Google that that's the reason. Uh, it just seems rather convoluted, doesn't it? But um, I suppose uh, they they are the they are the gatekeeper. So we've kind of got to just abide by whatever yeah. they, they yeah. decide and um, just a quick touch then because you've talked about google now do you think that um any other search engines are, are worthwhile i know i know bing has this habit of um sort of like capturing someone's sort of internet browser and then being almost impossible mm-hmm. to get off um so do you think there are any other websites that are worth or any search engines that are worth looking at? Or do you think if you just focus hundred percent on Google and then, um, and then don't worry about anything else? Yeah. Look, the thing about the thing about the only other search engine I would worry about is Bing and I wouldn't worry about it, but it's just an opportunity. Um, so if you go and you buy a Microsoft laptop, Microsoft own Bing, so they have that as default. They have they have Microsoft Edge as the browser, and it's going to have Bing pop up as soon as someone opens that. Now, if you're a seventy-year-old who is probably in the implants um, range, and they get the new laptop, they're not going to go out of their way to go and download Firefox or Google Chrome. They're just going to stick to Microsoft Edge, which has Bing on, and they're going to spend their time on that. So if, you, if you're doing implants, that's a, good, that's a good thing to potentially use Bing ads. Um, but I would say like, you don't really have to worry too much. It's like, it's like 15, 20% of the searches. Um, Still, there's a lot more people on on Google. The only way, the only reason I would I would think of like let's bring Bing into this, Bing ads into this, is if you had a big budget and you couldn't get any more reach on on Google ads, and you're like, well, we can get you know 10, 15 percent more on Bing. Like if you're if you're doing if you're doing that and plans and you have uh, like maybe a two grand a month budget then that's going to easily max out for your area on Google. So I'd just say, yeah, get Bing involved. And right. if you do want to go on Bing, you can literally download your campaigns from Google and upload them to Bing. They made it very easy because they know Google Ads is like the, the superstar. They just made it easy to do that. So yeah. um, that's an option, yeah. 
Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I think, yeah, I think with Google, so, I mean, just out of interest then, if you, uh, what do you think is, is it, because, you know, we, we spoke about Google and you're, you, you're heavily into Google and that's kind of what you look at. If you could sort of start a practice now who does no marketing and this is kind of linked to uh, that dentist in America actually who was looking to try and increase number of patients because there were a squat practice that had opened, weren't mm-hmm. I think. Um, I don't know why the hell they were at the stage where they'd actually opened the doors and were then thinking about marketing. I was yeah. a bit like, what, <laughs> what the f- is going on? Um, and you were going right, bang, we started from scratch. At what point would you bring Google in? Would you start, because Google, I mean, you know, you're not, you're not going to necessarily use a Google ad campaign to bring in people who just want general dentistry. Are you? You're going to be looking at more high ticket items, surely. Um, no, not necessarily. You can. Sell it to them. <laughs> I, well, you know, I, um, I run campaigns for NHS dentistry. I run right. campaigns for uh, quite a few for emergency. I run some for general Literally anything someone can search into Google, you can you can run a campaign for. Obviously, the costs there's less competition for searches around emergency dentistry than Invisalign. So you pay less, and that will like even out with your end up like the cost per new patient. So you can do that, and like you mentioned um, just then, if you were starting a new practice, where would you introduce Google Ads? I would say like. As soon as you have a budget for marketing, like obviously the, be- the, best kind of, the best kind of way to get new patients is from referrals. They're free, they're gonna convert really well because they've got some social proof from the person referring them. So if you're starting a new practice and you have very little money to spare on marketing, just focus on referrals, focus on making your current patients really happy. If you have some money for marketing, I would say one of the first things you should do, like get a decent website built. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. Um, get a decent website built, and then the quickest way then to get new patients is like either Facebook, uh, paid social, which could be Facebook or Instagram, or Google Ads, and they're gonna they're gonna get you patients. Like, like I mean, it's just there's no way they won't get you patients. Like, it depends and, on your um, budget. To- yeah, just whilst you're on the line as well, can we actually set up an emergency dentist ad for me? Yeah, and leads, sure. please. C- can we do that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's right. Uh, yeah, I think we've covered loads there. And in a, in a, if any questions come through from for anyone that listens, because um, often people will email me afterwards, mm-hmm. then I might um, I might put them in touch with you. But how can people find you? How can they find? Uh, bounce crunch you know how do they get in touch yeah. with you how do they follow you how do they learn more yeah look my my kind of philosophy I, I just I just give all my knowledge away for free I literally um, I just find if I give everything away for free like some people will message me and they want help um, but yeah look, if you want to get in touch with me you can the best place is probably go to my website bouncecrunch.com my details are on there. Um, you can find me on Facebook. If you just search Max Roberts. Um, 
but yeah, like probably the my website's the best way. But you know, any if anyone has any questions, I'm not like pitching myself, just I literally just help you for free, just let me know. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Maxwell, yeah, thank you for your time um, on a Sunday as well. So, yeah, much appreciated. It was, what, third time lucky getting this interview yeah. started because of uh, <laughs> various things. So, yeah, I'm glad we've uh, managed to get it done. Um, yeah. So, yeah, awesome, Maxwell. I will, yeah, well, um, like, let me know about this emergency dentist campaign. What, what, you know, what I'll do is I'll, I'll end this interview and then we'll chat about that off air. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Anyway, cheers, yeah, sure, Max, mate. Sure, sure. Cheers. Right, thanks for your time. Thanks. Bye.